0: Welcome to Cat Chat, brought to you by Dr. Elsie's Precious Cat, privately owned by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose personal mission has been to formulate a wide variety of litters for all types of cats so they keep using their litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. Dr. Elsie has also created clean protein, wet and dry foods that are specifically appropriate for a cat's nutrition needs. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything your cat expects you to know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give your kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment, often sharing my conversation with feline expert Dr. Michael Maria Delgado, along with other cat authors and experts. Dr. Elsie's is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my New York Cat Film Festival, which brings together short films from around the world that celebrate kitty cats. The festival premieres every fall in New York City and then travels to theaters across America and Canada with a portion of every ticket going to local cat welfare organizations with the support of Dr. Elsie's. Terry Messier loves so many different animals. She's a hummingbird rehabilitator, which I just think is the coolest. It's like being a butterfly rehabilitator. She's also <laughs> such a cat person, and she's written a marvelous book called "Connecting with Enchanting Cats." Terry, you do so much with so many, well, species, but especially kitties. Tell a little before we talk about this book and your and your wonderful Pip tell a little bit about the work you're doing in LA or helping the the work of others in finding homes for kitties.
1: So my kitten rescue work started when I was in Los Angeles and I'm actually in Portland, Oregon currently. Oh,
0: well, nice. But I,
1: go down to, but I go down to LA to do uh, hummingbird rescue in the summer. I just got back from Los Angeles about a month ago and I, I did the uh, hummingbird rescue over the summer and we've made a film, a documentary film on hummingbird rescue. But as an outgrowth of that, I kind of started, pe- because people would bring birds in and then they'd play with my cats. And <laughs> if you know, if you know, you know, inside, you know, they were separate, right, the, sure, the birds of course. And, and, you know, in <laughs> the garage and, and then in and cages. And then the cats were in the house and people would see them looking out the window and everybody wanted to go see them. So um, it became a part of the tour, right? <laughs> and because the Abyssinians are so human friendly, they yes. would mob anybody who walked through the door, and so people were just entranced by them. and And so I start I started a friend of mine who uh, was adopting cats out from a shelter system in Pasadena, and at that time moved to Austin, Texas. But at the time, she you know they were trying to adopt shelter kittens out and so I started helping her adopt kittens out to hummingbird finders who were, <laughs> and, <laughs> would just be they would be so enthralled with the cats that I'd say look I can get you a great cat you oh, know that's and adorable. so so I started that just kind of as a side hobby and then it grew into a larger project in the off season because I just don't have time to do it during the hummingbird season I, I take in a couple hundred birds a year I got 5,000 calls this year Wow. Um, yeah, it was just to be clear, what the so, calls are?
0: These are hummingbirds in distress. It's not, it's nothing related mm-hmm. to cats. This isn't the issue of cats hurting songbirds. This is just two different species that that get right. your attention, right?
1: Right. The hummingbird calls, and then and then a lot of people, because the cats are always with me. I took them down to Beverly Hills with me, and we had a house down there, and people would see them, and and so we started this kind of. Uh, Shuttle uh, program where we would shuttle the cats from Austin shelters because they're really overwhelmed because people just do not spay and neuter their pets the way they should. Um, And up here in Portland, it it was not easy to to adopt a cat. You know, I I tried. There were so few, you mean. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I remember because, there
0: was a time, I don't know if you knew about this, Terry, maybe before you moved to Portland, when Hawaii, which was overcome with cats and people despise them a bit because there is not much spay and neuter and there are a lot of mm-hmm. native species of birds who are threatened by them, they were airlifting airplanes full of cats to Portland, Oregon, so that people could have That's cats correct. there. That's correct. They,
1: they've had such a successful spay and neuter program here that it, it's considered a model nationwide and you know they have cats on they have you know a certain number of cats on on the a pet finder and the adoption websites but I could never get one and I have the perfect home you know I have a huge house and you know my background with cats and and I just it, every time I would call they'd be like oh well we got 20 applications for that
0: kitten wow. so and, isn't that and, crazy and then, and yet, you've wound up with with a lot of purebred adopted cats in your home. You have a Maine Coon, well, Siamese. Ha- How did that happen? That happened through my friend in Austin, who runs um,
1: the spay and neuter program for the Austin Shelter, and so she she can cherry pick the the babies when they come in. Now she gets three to four hundred kittens a year because there's you know people just do not spay and neuter their pets. Right. So it's just a it's a war down there to to get people to do that. And so she would pick pick them not just for the breed but for the personality for me because I because I like to have a lot of cats in the house that I have to make sure that they can get along with each other so she would pick me these really great kittens so I have a a new Maine Coon I have a a Siamese a Lynx Point Siamese and a uh, a blue a blue Point Siamese but I just got a uh, an Abyssinian from the shelter.
0: And there, there you are an Abyssinian woman to begin with. I mean this is this is what your book Connecting with Enchanting Cats is about about the the extraordinary qualities and aptitudes and attitudes of Abyssinians. Yes. Yeah.
1: And, and we had been joking for five years because she's been down there for a long time, several years. We used to, we used to rescue hummingbirds together in LA and then she moved to Austin. I moved to Portland. So we were always joking. She was always like, Terry, come, come on, adopt some cats. And, And I said, "Oh, find me an Abyssinian. So it became a running joke for five years. She's like, yeah, yeah, not in this lifetime, right? Because you never see an Abyssinian go through a shelter, a baby, a kitten, no way. They get grabbed before they get to the, you know, to the outbox, right? right? right.
0: (laughs) Even an adult. I mean, those who love them know exactly what they're getting when they get an Abyssinian, and it's it's a a pile of energy. Well, you know what I'd love to have you do is— There's a a wonderful section early on in connecting with Enchanting Cats where you describe what Pip is like in the house, just a little taste of that. So if you would read that, I want people to understand how much you love cats and, and how high your patience and tolerance is, which people who have... Well, it it isn't just, uh, you know, Abyssinians. It can be Assa cats, It can be Bengals. It can be any of the really active, let's play together kind of cats. But you describe it so well. So will you just jump in and do that?
1: When I got home, Pip and I played fetch, soccer, and feather chase for an hour in the afternoon and two hours before bedtime. At one point during our sports marathon, I laid a three-foot-long cardboard box on its side in the middle of the living room and began rolling miniature soccer balls into the open top. Within seconds, Pip caught on to the game and his part in it, pacing purposefully in front of the box like a practiced goalie, then darting from side to side to intercept the balls and kick them back out, no matter how fast they came at him. Even when I resorted to hurling balls at the box with both hands, like a pitching machine on hyperspeed, I couldn't get one past Pip. Later, after exhausting my throwing arm, Pip got lost in the Dr. Seuss crinkly hat, and banged around noisily inside like a kid with a new drum set, determined to make as much of a racket as possible. Within minutes he emerged from his cat in the hat audition hyper stimulated. But Pip refused to chase the laser pointer. He looked up at me first with a puzzled, then disappointed You can't be serious, that's not even real expression, as he sat impassively watching the beams zigzag in front of him on the carpet. Dissatisfied with his remaining options, Pip Pip lunged into the pile of bunnies and rolled around uncertainly, but catnip seemed to have a limited effect on him. Wherever catnip takes cats, Pip was already there. Despite the handful of toy mice I'd bought the first week we brought him home, Pip preferred to fetch jolly ranchers. We discovered this quirk when I accidentally dropped one in the living room during a research paper-induced sugar binge only to find Pip batting his candy prey around on the carpet later that day. Pip liked all flavors, but preferred green apple, and seemed to recognize that was my favorite, too. From the day he captured his first Jolly Rancher, Pip fetched like a well-trained retriever, watching expectantly as Frank and I took turns tossing the candies across the room. Pip raced after his quarry on stubby legs, grabbed the cellophane end of the wrapper in his mouth, and shook it with surprising ferocity. Then trotted back with his head held high, as if as if he were hauling a 100-pound gazelle home to the pride, and dropped the chewed and sticky remains at our feet.
0: That is just such a wonderful description of a high energy cat at play. <laughs> I mean, you just do it so well. And I, we do want to say to the audience, you can let your cat play with anything, but don't let him eat stuff like Jolly Ranchers. I mean, he can right. chew it a bit. You obviously take it away and everything under supervision <laughs> yes. with cats, especially a cat like Pip. Yes, I he, just, you know, yeah. He, I, I just, he never, no, he never ate one. He wasn't, right. He was but I want to make that clear in, to people because, no, that's you know, a good point. You know, people, you Great know, point. kind of forget whether it's dogs or cats none of our sugar is mm-hmm. good for them it's just it, no. the book is wonderful in your description of these cats and what they require from us and what they give to us and the the sense of the sense of humor that you have that he had him saying a laser pointer is just a fake which you know i've always said and a lot of cat experts say that laser pointers are kind of a problem with cats because it either fires them up with no payoff. There's nothing to actually Uh catch. Or they're like, really? Seriously? And cats that have a tendency to OCD or any of that kind of repetitive behavior, it makes it worse. We're not laser pointer fans on cat chat, but it's great that you tried anything you could on him. What would be your advice to people who want to seek out an Abyssinian or one of the couple of breeds that are guaranteed to be this kind of a high energy sports fanatic cat.
1: Yeah. yeah the high energy breeds like the Abyssinians and, um, I am trying to think. Well, as I said,
0: cat, Bengal. I mean, there are quite a few. cats. Like
1: yeah. The Bengals, Bengals are high energy in a different way, but yeah, they are equally, uh, yeah. Challenging. Um, you have, first of all the mistake we made was we had our house was too small when we got Pip. Got it. We were remodeling the uh, rest of the house and unfortunately we just had like a 750 square foot apartment oh at my. the time. And yeah and but but we thought that we would get it the house remodeled before uh you know he grew up but if you read the book you can see the uh, obstacles that appeared in that journey, so <laughs> he—I <laughs> don't think it would have mattered, Tracy. Yes, I his really growing
0: don't. up, his growing up was a process unlike any other that you might read about. Pip was a
1: life force. He was—he was—he—he he, he was magnetic and charisma with people. Everybody loved him. It was insane how much he could seduce people, but he did not like being controlled. He—he he did not like to be confined in the house and he just would not he just he he couldn't accept the domestic life yes
0: which so, is which is interesting because normal. they're they're a man made breed, if you will, and yet they retain a yeah. lot of their 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 large cat wildness. So that is a hard balance, even for an owner who puts in the amount of time and energy you do to to offer the things that we call you know environmental enrichment or stimulation. We use fancy words; <clears throat> we basically mean keep <laughs> them occupied, keep them happy. And there are cats, even with yeah. that, that it's just they need to be outside even in in a place like LA where you know coyotes abound and it's mm-hmm. not even safe for a cat to be outside i had a cat like that myself napoli that i brought back from italy who was such a sweet street cat and i brought him back as a kitten he spent every day at a door or a window looking to escape and he had a big house mm-hmm. and lots of stuff going on and two dogs that he loved and people and it didn't matter. He just needed to be in the outdoors. And I think everyone uh-huh. can relate to that, whether it's for their own good or not, you have to think about quality of life. Right. And you did that with Pip.
1: We did. And, you know, I knew Pip was going to break our hearts and it, I, I just knew it because of the way he was. and and yet he was such an attractive and remarkable creature in his own way. and, We did everything we could to keep him in the house. I did not want him outside. But as you said, some cats were not born to be surrounded by four walls. Now, I have never had a cat since that was like that. One, Tintin later in the book, as you know, (laughs) had his own way, but... But he, we were we were able to domesticate Tintin, right? So.
0: And even with a catio, which you know people speak highly of, which is which is an investment of time, and 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 some kind of real estate attached to your house, even a catio doesn't doesn't really satisfy those cats. Although it's it's worth trying if you have the option of putting up some kind of a catio or enclosing an outdoor porch that you have or some kind of a. An outdoor area, a deck, or something. But again, it, if they want freedom, they want freedom, and we have to yeah. we have to respect that. I I think the beauty of the book, Terry, is your recognition that each cat is an individual, and the cats that have come through your life, one more interesting than the next, and described with such fantastic writing that we have to take them on their own terms and meet them, you know, meet them where we stand. And do the best we can by them and often that means sacrificing the human ideas of risk, risk and reward, right?
1: Sure. I mean I think it's just like people, there are some people who can't stay they you know, they they can't live indoors. I know people up here in Portland who want to live out in tents. Really? <laughs> yeah, they just don't like not not homeless, they don't have to, but they choose to.
0: Interesting. And well there's people it, yeah, who don't it, want an office job, right? You it, you see these it, yeah, guys up on a, you know, up in the the middle of a Vermont winter up fixing a light pole <laughs> or something and they're like, "Yeah, it's great. At least I don't have to be in an office job." And you're thinking, "Oh my god, 0 degrees and this is a harsh life." And it's like, "No, it's perfect <laughs> oh, for sure? me."
1: Yeah, no, you no, I I I have read about people as well who, you know, go out in the wilds of Alaska and just want to live out there and by themselves and um or be outside um i think with cats it's genetic his yes. father god knows where he
0: came from <laughs> that's right he might have been purebred we were- <laughs> but he was but his father may have been some kind of a pirate well something his father was
1: was absolutely i believe a wild man um which is why we never were able to meet him but um Pip carried that wild within, and there was no way anybody was going to temper that, no matter how many fuzzy mice I bought or, or, you know, chew toys or, you know, feather chase. I think your your line about
0: catnip was wonderful, that that catnip did for other cats what Pip woke up in the morning (laughs) feeling like, you know, that was just who he was. Terry, we've run out of time, but It's it's such a wonderful book and such a great conversation. And Connecting with Enchanting Cats, Terry Messier, is a wonderful, wonderful tale of these kitties that have come through the life of a true cat lover. And I think all the cat lovers out there that share any of these experiences or want to share them will be greatly rewarded by reading it. Thank you, Terry, for this wonderful series of tales of kitties. Thank you, Tracy. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for listening. I hope this conversation has deepened your understanding and appreciation of cats everywhere. It's been brought to you by Dr. Elsie's Precious Cat, which created their own clean protein cat foods, inspired by the protein levels found in a cat's natural prey to better satisfy a cat's appetite with ingredients naturally intended for her body. 90% of the protein in clean protein is animal-based, not plant-based, as in many cat foods, which can compromise cat's health. Clean protein is the first dry cat food I can personally recommend as a healthy choice, although I always hope that wet food will be your cat's primary diet. Thanks again for being here.